You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Imagine waking up to a world that's as clear as your dreams. With Zeiss Smile technology, this is your reality. At Fichte, Endel, and Elmer Eye Care, our mission is your vision. Conducted by a team of expert surgeons leveraging leading-edge technology, our procedure is safeguarded, swift, and tailored to your eye care needs. Say goodbye to the limits of glasses or contacts. Embrace a world where your vision keeps pace with your life's aspirations. Contact us today at 800-309-2020 or visit us online at ficta.com. At Ficta Endel and Elmer Eye Care, we are focused on you. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes, cause I'm a king. Look me in my eyes, cause I'm a king. God made me punch in the accurate numbers. My castle won't crumble. What I tackle will fumble. I've been a leader when they ain't see it, but now my feet is up. According to me, royalty didn't end with King Tut. Crown on my head, clouds is at my legs. Big says sky is the limit. I look down on the ledge. I push the bar like I'm opening the cell. Hands in my cookie jar, you won't come out with a single nail. I need all of mine. The weight of my shoulders won't fit on a scale. What's a king to a giant? Well, Goliath fell. Even if we playing chess, dog, this king can't be checked. I make all my moves on the board. I invented my steps. Uh-huh. I'm a king, the blood of a ruler. I feel like Mansa Musa. Musa. Make your squad disappear like landing by the Bermuda. Triangle, look at it from my angle. I'm a king, the closest thing to being one of God's angels. Yeah. I'm a king. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king king. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king king. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night This is the Code of Conduct with the King Podcast And I am your host Jay Spencer King And uh, I'm a little surprised, a little annoyed, happy A bunch of different emotions I just finished the Code of Conduct and loaded it up and y'all was going to listen to a completely different episode. And my special guest of the of the show texted me is like, oh, crap, man. What, we recorded too early. Ken Dorsey, offensive coordinator, now former offensive coordinator to the Buffalo Bills, has been let go. He's been released. And now Joe Brady will be taken over as the offensive coordinator on the interim uh, basis. So uh, I guess we got to do this all over again, Antoine, but we can start there. Uh, welcome to the show. I have Antoine Staley of New York Daily News joining me here. He's the beat reporter for the uh, New York Jets. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Jets game. I'm going to talk a little bit about what we saw last night, but I, maybe not. Maybe we're going to talk about Ken Dorsey. <laughs> um, first, welcome back to the show again. I guess we got to do this all over again. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's crazy. Like the news, news cycle just don't stop, man. Like as soon as we start recording, oh yeah, we get this news. Like, oh uh, well, pretty much what we recorded is uh, no good. So, <laughs> literally, like literally, we just when I tell y'all we just got off of this fifteen minutes ago, and the complete sh- like everything about the show was no longer. <laughs> It's just no longer relevant. Totally. Like some of the stuff is, but yeah, some of it, yeah. But yeah. when we're talking about the offensive coordinator and some of the play call and all that, yeah, just go ahead and throw that away. <laughs> well, but, so yeah. let's get right to it. So last night, the Buffalo Bills embarrassingly lost to the Denver Broncos. Four turnovers. The offense just didn't seem to click. Um, couldn't score in the first quarter. We we scored throughout the game. We had three touchdowns overall, but still just didn't seem ever to click. Over the course of the, the previous four games prior to that, the Buffalo Bills have struggled to score in the first three quarters of the game. Their offensive efficiency has been down. Josh Allen leads the league in turnovers. Um, there's so many things that we can point to as to why this is happening. You have the floor. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I think, I'll leave it like that. I think it's time. I mean, they needed some kind of a change up there. Clearly, what was happening wasn't, you know, working with Ken Dorsey there. I mean, I thought it was good to an extent a little bit last year, but you can kind of just see like when you have a dynamic play call and we talked about this, like when we first recorded, you have to use him as, as such. Like you have a, you're afforded a something, you know, you again, you have a guy with a unique skill set. Why not take advantage of that? Like why not take advantage of using this legs too? Again, you're not asking him to like to jump over defenders all the time, but use his legs, get him out in space too. And also, you know, use his legs to open up the passing game too because you know when you have somebody that can extend plays as much as josh allen does like that helps everybody in the entire offense there i just feel like you're calling he was ken dorsey was calling plays and like i say you would know more than i would like he's like josh allen is some pocket passer but he's not he's not a pocket passer he is a guy that like i say he can run you over he can run by you and also he has a dynamic arm. his arm is one of the best if not the best in the nfl so again, like I just feel like they needed to, so a bit of a change up. Now they have Joe Brady, who I'm a little bit familiar with when he uh, was the OC of the Panthers. There, of course, he ended up getting fired. Was a bit of a scapegoat there for Matt Rule. Uh, obviously, Matt Rule did not work out in Carolina at all. But I don't think it was necessarily Joe uh, Joe Brady's fault. But you know, and also you have to look at the quarterback situation of Carolina at the time when you had Teddy Bridgewater and you know some of the other guys that were in there. Now let's see what Joe Brady can do. He was once the herald as a you know offensive guru especially during his time with uh lsu when he was the oc of joe burrow so now like he has another dynamic quarterback in josh allen and i'm curious to see how he'll use him and also stefan Diggs. well see you just mentioned um brady being a scapegoat previously in a way now i just mentioned all of the stuff that's going wrong with the offense but i kind of feel like ken dorsey's a scapegoat here too because as much as i i want to blame the offense i think a lot of this man i, I think a lot of people should be losing their jobs this morning or this afternoon uh, when it comes to the Buffalo Bills. And and to be honest, I don't know if the conversation needs to start with Sean McDermott, but but that's an area that I do think the conversation when you're talking about ownership, if I'm Terry and Kim Pagula, I'm having the con- at least having the conversation. I, last week on Code of Conduct, I, I did um, the show was called Steve Kerr. And it, it basically was just asking the question like, look, is Sean McDermott uh, the, the type of guy that's the architect that can get the right pieces in and, you know, you draft Josh Allen, you draft Matt Milano, Trey White, and all of these guys that are key pieces to the reason why your team is turned around. But can he get us over the hump? Like, it, can can we 
actually win a championship with Sean McDermott. Now here, uh, when it comes to Ken Dorsey, it, it sucks because in one way, I know why everybody was so excited for him to get hired. Um, they handpicked him. Josh Allen loved him. Like, so it was one of those things where Josh Allen basically said, I want this guy to be my offensive coordinator when, when Brian Dayball leaves. He got it. But the part for me that was upsetting about that was when you have a quarterback in the stage of career that Josh is at and you got digs and the defense was where it was. I don't think you waste that portion of his career with a rookie play caller. So I yes, think correct. just all of this, you know, you got 15 different things that play into this. I'm shocked, but at the same time, I think it is something that is some shakeup is needed. So now going forward from, for your perspective, I know what you just said. You, you want to see happen. Um, what are the if you're Joe Brady now coming in? Forget what we know about Joe Brady from the Panthers, but for you, it's like okay, this is what he got fired for, bro. So these are the things you absolutely have to do. What going into the Jets game? I know it's a quick turnaround, kind of thinking about installing any changes on offense. But going into this game, if you're telling talking to Joe Brady, you're his advisor, bro. This is why Ken got fired. This is what you need to do. What are we doing yeah. next week? Yeah, just adding wrinkles. Like, you're, obviously, you're not changing the whole like system. Like, you're gonna keep the same system, but just add some wrinkles in there. Get do some things that's gonna get you know the Jets thinking. Like, you know, especially considering what he did at LSU, and obviously with the with the Panthers. Like, I mean, this isn't ideal for the Jets either because now you're scrambling because now you, I mean, you know the Bills, you know their tendencies, but you don't necessarily know Joe Brady. So now you have to go. You're ask, you're watching extra film. You're watching LSU. You know old games with Joe with uh, Joe Burrow and you know Jamar Chase. You're also watching you know what he did with the Panthers too, and just kind of like how he you know attack defenses there. For me, like running the football, I think it's definitely needs to be an emphasis. You know for the Bills there, the Jets have a, one of the worst rushing defenses in in the National Football League. You know take advantage of that. You know we saw it last week against the Raiders that they haven't been able to stop the run, and it's been a lot of missed tackles there. Josh Jacobs was able to run wild as well. Um, I know. Yeah, Austin Eckler had, you know, he didn't have a big rushing game there, but he was able to, you know, help set some tackles too as well. Saquon Barkley the week before that against the Giants. Yeah, they don't, the Bills don't necessarily have a running back like on the caliber of Josh Jacobs or Saquon Barkley, but I definitely think running the football, whether it be with Josh or also the variety of running backs that they have, you know, you got to be able to take advantage of that. And then I think in turn, that will open up the passing game for Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, you know, Dalton Kincaid, and the rest of the uh, receivers there. So, yeah, that's my thinking there going in, you know, attacking one wants to run the ball, whether it be with Josh or also some of the other guys as well. Yeah, no, and, and it's crazy. The, the show that we recorded, <laughs> we, we talked a lot about that. Like we, we talked about Ken Dorsey needing to focus on those things and to change things up because the Jets run defense wasn't this. And so utilize Josh Allen and utilize, um, you know, James Cook. And then last night we saw James Cook. I know he fumbled. There's no excuse for turning the ball over. I'm very, very, I'm, I'm one of the loudest when it comes to saying there's no excuses. But he also looked like the best player on offense last night. James yeah. Cook had a day. Um, man, I, I, yeah, I guess I I'm still I'm kind of surprised. So I don't even know kind of where to take this conversation because <laughs> it, it's all it's all you know. It's like I, I I've been saying that he should have been let go. But it's just a shock. I just don't I, I don't know how to react right now. So yeah, I guess where I go with it. It's fresh. So it's, it's fresh. So it's kind of you're getting that instant react kind of reaction. But yeah, I think 
I'm not surprised by it, especially considering, you know, what transpired last night. But I think you kind of alluded to it, too, as well. Ken Dorsey isn't the source of all their issues, but he is he was a source of some of their issues, especially offensively. So, you know, now that you made this move, you got to get it together. Like you got, you know, some games left there. You got to try to make this playoff run there. Clearly, you thought he was an issue of the uh, of the team because if you didn't, he wouldn't have fired him. So now the Bills need to make a run there and try to get find a way to make the playoffs. But yeah, I don't think he's the total issue. I think it's a bigger than that too. I think also some of the blame deserves goes to Sean McDermott too as well and some of the decisions that he's made, including you know. Coaching ha- having you know twelve men on the field last night—that's the blunder you cannot have in a game like that. Which, by the way, that kind of lets uh, Sean Payton off the hook because I-, I thought they probably should just get the field goal on third down instead of you know the chaos that ensued after that. Insane. That 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 made no. I was like, why just not kick the field goal on third down? Like I know you don't you know want to get the ball it, back, but still. Well, what you're saying about Sean McDermott, so again, the the show that we recorded already (laughs) that nobody's going to hear, you actually also made a good point on how the locker room actually just isn't um, responding the same way. And now Sean McDermott, the things that we've learned about him in the past that made him a great coach this season, you're not feeling, I'm not feeling it. Um, I think all the beat reporters that cover him on a day-to-day basis in Buffalo don't seem to get the connection. Last night was the first time in a long time that Bills players have straight up declined media availability, like declined it. And I think when that starts to happen, I know a lot of people are looking at it. You, you know, you have a portion of the fan base that looks at it like, well, you know, they just lost the game. There's what, but I also look at it as a culture thing. And I think that starts to show you when the culture is starting to shift, when the players um, don't speak the same language as their coach or they don't, you know, it, it's almost like the, the whole team has a certain identity that you're used to seeing. And now it's not that coming out of one bill's drive. Yeah. Um, can you talk I, a little bit about that? Like I said, it was on the last show. I thought that was a great part. I want to get on here too. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, the jets are kind of dealing with it too, where it's like you're, you come out the emotional game too. And then, you know, you don't want to say anything to either one, you're upset in the moment and you just don't want to talk or two, you just, you don't want to say anything that could be construed the wrong way. So I think that's kind of why you see teams like, you know, the Jets or the Bills decline to talk after the game because you're so like you, you don't want to, yeah, you don't want to alienate anybody, whether it be you know the offensive coordinator and Ken Dorsey or you know the thing you hacked or anything like that. And yeah, I think this speaks to a larger point where you know the culture and I think players are having a question about where they are, you know, at the time. So yeah, I think you know when you start to see those things happening. You know, your season can go one way or the other. You know, I think with the Jets, when they lose loss to the Raiders, they're like, we just got to figure it out. Like we kept we kept asking them the last few weeks that why do you think the offense is suffering? Why you, you can't convert third down? Why can't you score a touchdown? The Jets haven't scored a touchdown in nearly three games, 11 quarters. They don't have an answer for that. And then they probably do. But they don't want again, you don't want to say something that, you know, becomes headline news, especially, you know, in this particular market. But, yeah, I think it goes back to what you said. It's like a larger point as far as the culture and, you know, where the players feel like it might be at the time. And it's it's disappointing, like as a Bills fan, because one of the things that we've been able to brag about as Bills fans is like the culture. And it's like, OK, now we've seen Sean McDermott come in and change it from what we were to playoff caliber and now they've been preaching championship caliber and all this stuff and you could feel it um and and even the players that come into buffalo they always 
preach to other players. Come to Buffalo and be the best version of yourselves. We love it here. It's perfect. And then now you start to see the the unraveling of like, I can't, I don't, I'm hesitant to use this word, but the way I'm using it, you'll get it. But, you know, you start to see the death of a dynasty. Now, I'm, I'm not saying dynasty in the sense, anybody listening, the Bills no. are not a dynasty. I, I know what you're saying. But Antoine, is, he gets what I'm saying when I say that, where it's like, you know, you start to see Rockefeller break up or you start to see like, and, and this is when, for me, it gets concerning. And it's like that first, that first step is always letting go of one of the coaches, a scapegoat. And this morning, Ken Dorsey was that scapegoat. Now he should, I think he should have been let go. Um, now let's flip. Cause, cause obviously the reason why I had you on the show is to talk about next week's game. Um, so with this being the case now, now the jets don't quite, I don't think there can be too many changes in a, in a one week period when you change no. offensive coordinators, but there still can be some things coming into this rink, this game, some wrinkles that now you really can't anticipate because now it's Joe right. Brady calling the shots versus Ken Dorsey. So if, if you're um, the, the defensive coordinator or the defensive staff for the jets, how are you looking at approaching this game? Like very nervously, uh, probably watching, <laughs> like I said, going back, watching old film of just trying to figure out what his tendencies are, because I mean, obviously you know about the bills and like you said, you're not going to change the whole system like, or anything like that within this uh, whole week, but you know, it's going to be tendencies that, you know, Joe Brady likes to do that Ken Dorsey didn't, and then vice versa too. So you're you're very nervous going into this week because it kind of reminds you it's a very similar situation last week too. Remember the Raiders had a coaching change with you know Antonio Pierce there coming to be the uh, interim head coach and and firing the offensive coordinator too. And then you, I think we saw it on Sunday that yeah they had the same system, but they also had some wrinkles there with some trick plays and you know they became more of a physical football team more that than what they were under the previous regime with Josh McDaniels. So I definitely think you're going to see, you know, a lot more running the football with Brady too. And then kind of, I think if that's, if I'm Jeff Albrecht or the Jets Jets defensive coordinator, that's my anticipation that they're probably going to try to attack our weakness and their weaknesses, you know, stop the inability to stop the run too because you know as much as we talked about josh allen and the turnovers and things like that they definitely need to start running the football a little bit more stop you know you don't need to you know continue to throw the ball like i I don't know how many pass attempts he had last night but you know i definitely think they made to have more of an emphasis on running the football and i think it starts this week and reminding people who the heck we are you know if you're the bills like and what we and the skill set that they can bring because clearly, because for me, like, remember the Dolphins game? Like, I think everybody, like, I think that was the Bills' chance to put everybody on notice. Like, yeah, the Dolphins may be looking good, but guess what? The run, division runs through us. Like, and that, that's what I feel like the statement that they made against the Dolphins. And then ever since then, it's kind of been slowly, like, declining. And you kind of seen these, you know, cracks in the armor ever since then. But when they yeah, have those moments like that, then, yeah, they, they remind people, everybody in the division, that, yeah, we're, we're still – the Dolphins may be looking good and have this dynamic offense, but we're still the big dog in the yard. Well, and that's what you miss, too. Like, you miss, you know, the dominance of saying, like, look, we're the team, okay? Like, I get it. Your, your, team, your game ahead, it still runs through us. We the big boys. It's almost like what the Bengals try to say in the playoffs. Like, and they, they said it because they beat the Bills. Like, look, all this talk about it, it runs through us. We was the team in the championship – and now it's gone. It's yeah. gone, man. And and um, you would think that this game is important to both teams. If if either of these, well, whichever team loses, you would think that okay, the playoffs are pretty much a a distant dream at this point. Like yeah. whether you're the Bills or the Jets, 
I, yeah. I don't see it happening. Yeah, um, definitely for the Jets too. And like uh, brought this up, so they have the Bills. Like they, they travel to Buffalo, play the Bills, and then they got the Dolphins on the short week on Black Friday. So they clearly, and then the Bills schedule is daunting too. If you look at you know how they, that's why I say it was important for them to make some kind of move because they got some tough games you know come up too. So it is critical. This is a this is make a break for both teams. Like this is I cannot stress that enough. Like. A win, you're still obviously still in the midst. It doesn't guarantee anything as far as making the playoffs. But losing in the AFC, like you, I think it's going to take ten wins to make the playoffs. I really do. You got to win ten. If you if you don't, you win nine, then I think you're going to be on the outside looking in. Obviously, anything below that, then you know you got no chance whatsoever. I, again, everybody listening to this um, is is it's really. Antoine said it. It's one of those things. It's, you have a live reaction from me because we literally jumped off the show and then I went to load this up and then he texted me. So I didn't even see the notification. He texted me and I had to go and look. And so it's like I, the questions that I've asked him, like the show was so structured and everything sounded so great. And now I just feel like I'm all over the place because I'm I'm completely thrown <laughs> off by this. Um yeah, I think we all were kind of flabbergasted because, you know, it just the way it happened, it was just like, oh, that's why I was like, oh, OK, let me tell you. I was like, wow. Well, and, and then to me, it's like it's also so like so the, initially I titled the show Enough Blame to Go Around. So like before I talked to you, I had a segment on the show where I talked about how it's Dorsey's fault. But it's, first of all, it's Josh Allen's fault. You can't throw uh, the interceptions that he's throwing. I know we want to put two fumbles on cook i think the handoff was a bad handoff i, right. I put that on josh correct um cook can't fumble he can't fumble the ball you fumbled yeah. on the first drive and then you almost had a bad fumble that turned into a, big to be play. a tremendous play <laughs> so on one hand it's like okay execution wise can we really say it's ken dorsey because i've seen a lot of plays where josh allen just missed wide open players i've seen plays where um, the play design was drawn up and it worked and Josh Allen just didn't do it. Or I've seen running backs run into the back of a line, <laughs> offensive lineman when the hole was right there to the left of them and they just chose not to take it. Execution does come. It does fall on yeah. the offensive coordinator. Correct. But, you know, I just look at it to say and then I just got a tag on, on uh, Twitter. Shout out to Joe Miller. He wanted to know. So if there wasn't 12 men on the defense last night on that last play would ken dorsey be fired right now if if they missed that field Probably goal not. and ken Dor so again that lets you know to me that it's a scapegoat move yes yes it's absolutely. a scapegoat move because i've been calling for ken dorsey to be let go for weeks now but yeah. it happens after a bad special teams play or it happens now i can't it, it reactionary was defense. it's very reactionary like it's, it's reactionary. not yeah it's not like proactive it's very like you're just making a move just to because they appease the fan base and always make it seem like you're doing something, you know, to prove the team. But in meanwhile, like as you alluded to, I don't think it would have. I don't think it would have happened. I think I think it would have happened in the off season. I think they would have done it then, either way. But I don't think they would have happened like today at they won the A. It's just been terrible, man. And um, but one thing that that we did talk about that again I, I thought was good, so I want to bring it back up here. Um, when when you're looking at God, this this morning is crazy. It's, it's just it's just crazy. Yeah, this lead, man. Like, wow. Okay, but when, so when you're looking at um, <laughs> Sean McDermott as 
as the coach and you're looking at the culture of this team and we're talking about how, um, you know, it wasn't because of Josh Allen. We made the playoffs in year one with Sean McDermott and he, you know, everybody thought we were tanking. We made the playoffs. He's a Tyrod Taylor. The Tyrod, like, but now to fast forward and for it to feel like he's lost the locker room in a way and for the culture to be shifting, um, do you feel like at this point the writing is kind of on the wall there too? Like, I know we kind of just talked about blame going all around, but like, I just really, I think you mentioned something earlier about like how his focus on being a defensive coordinator. Yes. Like that's the part, I guess I really wanted to talk about. Yes. Um, is he, is he doing a good job as a head coach overall? No, I don't think so. Like it's hard to be CEO when also you're trying to dip your hand and being a defensive coordinator as well. I think the Leslie Frazier, him leaving was really bad. Like, I don't think people really talked about that enough. Like, I just thought it was a weird situation. And then obviously he's taking over play. We know Sean can do it. Like can be a great, he's a great defensive mind, but I think as a head coach, I think at, at any level, really, I think you need to be a CEO. You need to be able to oversee all the aspects of your team. Like I've seen it with so many other coaches. I saw it with Adam Gates. I saw it with, you know, other guys that's been in the league where, you know, their focus has been, you know, on one side of the ball, despite them being a head coach. And typically that doesn't work at all. Like you need to have your dip your hand in alto. And like we talked about special teams too. Special teams hadn't been good for the Bills either. Like whether you talk about last night, whether you talk about week one when, you know, the Jets ended up scoring on a 65-yard punt return touchdown there, that factors in too. I mean, those are two games like you win those two games, look at where you are in the standings. You you would be in the playoffs right now. So, again, like every the margin for error with plays like that is very, very minimal. And you got to be able to take advantage of it. And you got to be able to make sure every single special team's offense, defense is on their P's and Q's because otherwise – it's not, I mean, you're, you're going to have games like you did last night or like week one or, you know, whatever the case may be. So I think he needs to go back to being more the CEO, uh, Sean McDermott, as opposed to slash CEO slash defensive coordinator. And because clearly I don't think that's necessarily working. We know their defense has been really good. And yeah, I think you also talked about Jones not being there. It's really been a detriment. It really hurt their defense, which I agree with. Uh, obviously, Milano uh, also mm-hmm. hurts and some of the other injuries. But, you know, I feel like they've been able to ride the ship. And I feel like their defense played well enough to win that game last night. And they yeah. played well enough to win week one, too, in a game, two games that they probably should have won. Yeah, especially like you look at that game and you talk about like, like, yeah, OK. And I, I've said it from the jump. Look, you, you can't excuse the 12 men on the field. You just can't excuse that. But when you turn the ball over in their territory twice so you start them off in position to score now the first drive of the game we only gave them three points but the defense stopped them on a short field that the offense turned the ball over um and so when you when you just look at the turnovers and you look at the amount of turnovers you can't lose the turnover battle you can't lose the time of possession battle it was 37 minutes to 23 minutes for the bills Um, as far as time of possession last week against the Bengals is 26 minutes to 34 minutes. So same thing, just time of possession. You're losing week after week. You're losing the turnover battle. You're not converting on third downs. I think the Broncos had 18 third down tries yeah. or 19. The Buffalo Bills had eight. Like you, you just can't win games without controlling the ball. And, and like we were talking about here, when it comes to McDermott being a CEO versus a, a manager essentially is is how it will break down. Like you you can't 
you can't take on so many responsibilities. And that was the thing coming into the season. I said, now he doesn't have another scapegoat in Leslie Frazier. So like when 13 seconds happened, McDermott, you can't blame Leslie Frazier now because he's gone. Correct. And now guess what? Ken Dorsey's gone. You can't blame Ken Dorsey. And if Joe, Bur- Joe Brady doesn't work out, you can't blame Joe for the rest of the season. Cause he's it's an interim you. coach. Yeah. It's only the walls are caving in. Like everything's on him. Like they, Everything now they got to find a way to make the playoffs. Like, okay. Yeah. You blame this man. You let go of Leslie Frazier. You let go of Ken Dorsey. It's on him. Like it's on him now. And if they don't make the playoffs, then, you know, heads have to roll. And I think it's like you said, I think it's maybe time to have that conversation to where, you know, a shakeup might be, you know, in the cars potentially. And see, I, I never wanted Sean McDermott gone, but, I, but you just said it. If we don't make the playoffs, I think this, the same uh, news break needs to happen in February with Sean McDermott's name being in the headline. Yeah. If we don't make January, the playoffs, McDermott like, has to go. Yeah, January, really, like really after the season. Like, yeah, I mean, it's nothing to take away from Sean, too, because if he, he was to get fired, he'd be he'd have another job in like like two, three minutes, like if he wanted to. But sometimes like you may stay in a situation too long. Sometimes change is good, too. Like, so, yeah, I definitely think, you know, if they don't, they got to make the playoffs. They got to find a way to make the playoffs. And it's not going to be easy. I mean, we're talking about the Bengals, the team that beat them, you know, two weeks ago. They're out. They're on the outside looking in right now. So it's not going to be easy, especially when you got teams like, you know, the Texans that are coming. Although, like I say, I'm not formally a believer. I'm a believer in CJ Stroud, though. Like the man's going to be, the kid's going to be a baller. Like they're, they're going to be, they're going to be a tough out. Like that, that yeah. AFC, we, we joked about the AFC South, you know, before the end of the season. But between him and uh, Trevor Lawrence, like that's going to be a fun division to watch. And Will Levis, like they got a lot of good young quarterbacks. And oh, yeah, the Colts took Anthony Richardson, you know, also in the mm-hmm. first round. So they got a lot of good young quarterbacks in that division. And then, yeah, they got Cleveland, like the AFC North is stacked up Browns, Steelers, Ravens, Bengals. It's tough, man. It, it is. It's gonna be so tough. Like unlike before, we knew the AFC was gonna be stacked, but man, I think it's even better than what we anticipated going into the year. In the tournament, it's gonna look so different. To like the turnover from last year from the teams that were in there, it's gonna look so different. The Bengals might not make it. The Bills might not make it. Um, the the Dolphins, I feel like, are, are probably at this point. You know, they're probably gonna going to be the AFC East representatives. And then yeah. you, you figure, like you mentioned, the Texans probably have a shot. You got, dude, the Browns. I, look, I, I understand that we, nobody likes Deshaun Watson now because of the Their offense. Defense. I, I, but that defense is perfect. And then, yes. but what I was going to say about Deshaun, he's he's actually starting to play better. He's not he's not back on Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson level, but he's, He's starting to look like an NFL quarterback again, and when that, yeah, like, he, if he if he really figures it out with that defense, that could be bad for the entire yeah. AFC. He doesn't need the thing is like he doesn't need to be that Deshaun Watson either. Like with that defense, that's the best defense in football. No disrespect to like the Jets or anything, they're good too. But man, that defense, especially with Miles Garrett, like that def, like that defense is the be- is the monstrous. Like so, yeah, I mean. I think, yeah, it's. I think when the AFC, when the playoffs come, no matter who's in, I think one through seven, you feel like could get to the Super Bowl potentially. You could make a case for every single team that's going to be in the playoffs somehow. I think could get to the Super Bowl. You know, maybe not the Steelers to an extent, but even then, they have really good coaching in Mike Tomlin. They're always going to be there. That's what I've always mm-hmm. said about the Steelers. Like, and then it goes back to your point too with Shama. Like Mike Tomlin, no matter what the situation is, guess what? They're always there. 
They're always in the midst too as well. They have office uh, coordinator issues too, but guess what? They continue to find a way to win games and they don't make, you know, typically boneheaded decisions or mistakes, like kind of like what you've seen with other teams around the league. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it happens all too soon man, or all too often, I should say. So well, let's, um, yeah, because now I really took way more of your time than I initially <laughs> anticipated. <laughs> hey, it's all good, man. You, um, yeah, but I, well, I appreciate you being open to jump back in and to redo this. And um, like, man, so ladies and gentlemen, for those listening, again, I apologize if this if this week's episode sounded like I was all over the place. I really was because this is the last minute. Like, it was really um, th- this is the shock for me. The the first episode. I might release it and then still release this one. So that way people can kind of, I don't know. I just feel bad about this one. With the contest. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll release both episodes and then, but, but um, you all be able to listen to this one and and get a a full understanding as to the the difference of shows. But also I I still think there was some good information in that first one. So um, why don't you go ahead and plug your show real quick or, you know, your, your show and believe, and then your, your uh, articles and everything. And then we'll get on out of here. Uh, you find me at Antoine Staley on X Twitter. Uh, find my articles at the New York Daily News covering the NFL, Jets as well. And also, I believe, uh, like my show on the Believe Network, Backpage Breakdown, you know, airs on Tuesday and Thursday as well. You know, I, I, glass, I guess I'm glad I waited to record <laughs> the show later on today because, you know, now we got a lot to talk about in terms of not just the Jets, but also the Bills too as well. So, yeah, you can check that out too. So, we'll definitely uh, – have some fun with that. It's definitely going to be an interesting week and definitely a critical game for both teams uh, and definitely an interesting situation for the Jets having to deal with another, you know, interim OC once again. And, you know, like I say, it's a game they have to win, a game the Bills have to win too, which I think they will. I think the Bills are, you know, the better team. And I think it's going to be another slugfest for, you know, the Jets and Bills. But, you know, they play Josh Allen particularly well, um, their defense does. So I think the game will be very similar to what you saw in Buffalo a year ago. Uh, hopefully nobody ribs get broken like Mike White did last year. But, you know, I think it's going to be another slugfest as well. Well, Milano, Milano is not oh. there, so I don't think. Oh God! Like that was like you could hear that hit. Like it, it felt like you know it was like a gunshot. Like said, like when he did it, and then we're in the press box, and then you could just hear it, like oh. And I was like, I'm surprised he came back into the game. I'm like, and then he went to the hospital. I'm like, why did he come back in the game? Like you should. I was, I was <laughs> made no sense. about that because you know I feel like because then the next week he wasn't cleared to play. So in my mind, no. it's like how was he cleared to come back into the game? But then you're not cleared to play a because- week later. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. This, like, everybody knew, everybody in the building knew he shouldn't have been out there. Like, everybody, in clear as day, when he came back in there, he really couldn't throw the ball because he was in pain. He's clearly in pain. And then they said, oh, well, we want to make sure he doesn't have any internal, you know, bleeding or anything. Like, but he shouldn't have been in there. Like, everybody did. Like, I know you didn't want to play Joe Flacco. Like, I mean, you really didn't have much of a chance at that point, but you can't just run Mike White back out there. Like, just malpractice at that point. I mean, the 49ers, I'm sure, didn't want to do what they did last year in the playoffs. But sometimes that's part of the game is injuries. Throw Joe yeah. Flacco out there, man. I, I, I bet the 49ers wish they had a Joe Flacco on their roster last year. Well, yeah, yeah, in that situation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, but all right, ladies and gentlemen, go and follow my man, Antoine. We got to, uh, we're going to connect some more this season for some more content. Maybe do some spaces or something on twitter or x whatever it's called these days but y'all already know how we do it over here y'all love each other take care of each other and live in peace and as always stay positive test negative go bills Code of conduct.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.